Hello, everybody. Awesome to have you back today for the podcast R&R. Man, it's an exciting day, and we're happy that you are looking at us while we have this podcast today. I'm sure that people prefer the audio version. You think so? <laughs> <laughs> or they could be like me and just take your glasses off and you can't see. And then see you can't see anyways, right? Funny story. I... I, I swiped my glasses off of the nightstand by accident in the middle of the night at some point. Okay. Mm-hmm. So my vision's like 2,800. Is that all? Yeah, that's all. Not, okay. not, not good. Uh, but I confess over my eyes every day, and, and, and they're getting better. But I swiped my glasses off of the nightstand. And then, and then, and they're all clear, right? Like you can see they're all clear. And so I can't see. So then you get up the next morning and you're trying to figure out where your glasses went. Right. So you're falling all over the furniture. You're trying to get down and then you're trying to get close enough to the floor to find them. And my wife, of course, cause I'm down in the floor, she thinks I'm praying. <laughs> so, so when we come downstairs, she comes downstairs for breakfast. She, and she says, sweetheart, you'd bless me so much this morning. <laughs> And I said, why did I bless you this morning? She said, I was so touched when I woke up. <laughs> and you were praying. And you were down on your knees beside the bed praying. <laughs> I hope you prayed for me. Now, <laughs> a less charactered individual uh-huh. would have said, oh, honey, I was just, I was absolutely seeking God for our marriage, our life, but I couldn't lie. And you I said, are you kidding me? <laughs> I said, well, babe, <laughs> I was looking for my glasses, <laughs> and so she punched me. I don't get it. Eight hundred. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty substantial. Instead of twenty twenty. Yeah. Twenty eight hundred. Yeah. At the age of eleven, now all you coppers are going to go, "Oh, what an idiot!" But I was eleven years old, and I was a little wild, crazy at eleven years old, and my brother pulled the lead bullet out of a 22 long rifle shell my dad had mm-hmm. but instead of leaving it out he shredded it up for some reason and stuffed it back down in the shell mm-hmm. well me and my very excited mind i found it under our bunk beds and i decided that i would dig the lead out oh and that I would take it outside, hit it with a rock, and make a loud bang. Cool. I'd be the, you know, be the cool guy of the neighborhood. How'd that work out? Did not work out well. Mm-mm. I had a straight pin. I didn't have glasses on at the time. And I'm looking down in the bullet, and I hit the rim primer, mm-hmm. and I blew all that up in my eyes and my face. Wow. Lucky you can still see. Uh, yes. Yeah. So my eyes hemorrhaged. Mm. Uh, they had to buff and pick lead out of my lens and my eye. And then where they buffed my eye to get the powder burns off left flat spots. Mm. So long story short, it did not help my nearsightedness at all. So you won't do that again. Uh, no, Mm-mm. no, you learn Those very, one very, time that's a one time life deal. Self-correcting right. There. That's exactly right. Wow. So. Really a miracle that I can see. I had both eyes patched and covered for a couple of months and 
Really? Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. While they continued to do the surgery. and and uh, That's a story. And then I had um, lead that would continue to surface yeah. out of my nose and my face. And I never had acne or pimples or anything like that. It was but always had lead coming had out. lead coming out. Wow. So every once in a while, I'd get like, you'd think it was a pimple on my nose or something. And then you pinch it and, oh, there's another piece of lead. So, yeah, for years. Wow. It's pretty crazy. That is crazy. How your body does that, right? Yeah. You know, we had an officer that was shot um, back in the 1980s, early 80s. Okay. And uh, was shot with a shotgun uh, on a run. And uh, to this day, he still has shot that will surface periodically. Yep. Wow. And they have to cut out and come right up to the surface and whatnot. It just shows you the long-term... Yeah. challenges from that but uh yeah. yeah i think a lot of people uh don't uh, actually do just really do not realize that even though an officer's life is saved right that the they their bodies don't magically just repair them it's, they're not superheroes right it's they're not like elastic man where yeah you got an injury or you know you watch movies where the terminator uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger reforms his skin or mm-hmm. whatever. These can be and are mo- many times just really life altering, altering injuries. Yeah, that part never makes it into the TV shows or the movies. Um, I don't think people realize or or media uh, stories either. Right. I don't think many people realize that when an officer has to go hands on mm-hmm. or take somebody to the ground, they get injured too. That's right. Many times, their hands, their elbows, their shoulders. I know of officers that have had both their rotator cuffs completely torn loose Mm -hmm. from just trying to hold on to somebody to get them to the ground so that they can't hurt another individual that's on the scene. Um, Legs, knees, not to mention backs and hips from... Yeah. Carrying the duty, you know, their duty belt around what forty pounds mm-hmm. uh, every day of their life. Is it forty pounds? Yeah, you got about an average of thirty to forty. Thirty to forty mm-hmm. pounds with all your gear. Um, and and what kind of toll that takes on your ankles, your knee, all your joints, sure. right? And then you got to chase somebody then you down move carrying it. all yeah, you that. Be functional. Yeah. 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 So that's a lot. Yeah. That's a lot. Well, and then you're talking about years of that if you're lucky yeah right 20 25 yeah. to 30 years so if year, you're blessed yeah, to, of that yeah so uh, to have a full career right so it, it definitely takes the toll but uh that's wild i i uh to be picking lead out of your eyes and then even for having poor eyesight to still be able to see is pretty, yeah. pretty amazing that's a great yeah. very lucky yep it's a great great blessing yeah great blessing and i'm you know i'm still uh, I bow hunt. I do all that stuff. And still yeah. have very fortunate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I actually read better without my glasses on than I do with them on. Yeah. So even I'm though I have bifocals, phase, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, so of uh, all the stuff close up and the reading and whatnot, but uh, I just... figured out I needed bifocals fishing, and I broke a, my line. Uh huh. It just happened in one day. I mean, I'm, I'm out on Geist Reservoir. Broke the line. I'm trying, and so I'm putting a one-aught hook on. I hold it up. 
I can't find the eye. Mm-hmm. I got the fish eye, and I'm poking on. I'm like, what is? At first, I thought I was having a brain. So I was having a stroke or something. I'm like, oh my god, I'm having something's wrong. Calling my wife, I think something's going wrong with me. You might have to come get me. And of course, the eye doctor laughed. He said, "No, how old are you?" And I told him. He said, "Yeah, you're there." And I couldn't couldn't mm-hmm. find that line. Now I pulled my glasses off, and I could find it pretty quick. But yeah, that was scary. Well, it's amazing. You hear all the stories about how um, resilient the eye can be and all the uh, nerves and whatnot. I just watched something, too, about somebody was talking about, like, when you turn your head, how your eyes will follow back, yeah. and that's related to fluid in your <clears throat> ear and Isn't that wild? all these other things. It's amazing to me. The I was having shoulder issues, and uh, the surgeon sent me to physical therapy instead of cutting me open, which I appreciate that. But the physical therapist would have me stretch my neck. And then she said, now, if you look up while you're doing this or look down, you'll get an even better stretch. I said, shut up. Mm -hmm. She said, no, I'm serious. Try it. And so when I pulled my neck over, I had my hand against the wall, pulled my neck over and looked up. I could feel it all the way down into my fingers, mm-hmm. the tip of my fingers. No, wow. Well. So my eye, I said, <laughs> "Are you kidding me?" My, like my eye is attached to my a muscle running down. She said, "Oh yeah." Huh. Who would have, as we would say, thunk it? Yeah, who, who would have thought that? Yeah. Right? It's crazy. You know, the Bible has a lot to say about eyes. Really? Well, yeah. I mean, there's some pretty famous statements that involve that, right? Yeah. That people use a lot of times. That's right. One of the ones you always hear is an eye for an eye. And a tooth for a tooth. Yeah. <laughs> Stay away. We don't want yeah. the dentist. That's scary. Yeah. Second uh, Chronicles in in the Old Testament, verse chapter 16, verse 9 says, For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the earth, to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is perfect towards him or love him. His eyes are are always looking Mm. for those in the earth and to show himself strong. I like this. I love this verse. Yeah. But but his eyes are, yeah, his Mm -hmm. eyes are seeking us out. You know, the eye is amazing, especially in your line of work and law enforcement and those of you that are watching uh, today. Um, our eyes are amazing, but also within the scope of what you do in law enforcement sure. and what all these great men and women do in law enforcement. It's amazing what the eyes tell you mm-hmm. in intelligence and different things where people are interrogated or where people are you know, they're investigated and interviewed. Uh, even well, even if it's, talking to a victim. Yeah, talking right? to a victim, watching their eyes. Mm-hmm. You can tell you can tell somebody's lying or telling the truth, mm-hmm. right? Because they'll do certain things. You can tell if somebody's on substance, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, because their eyes do certain things that they would not normally do unless they were uh, intoxicated or on some type of intoxicating substance. Um, the eyes are powerful. Your eyes are amazing. They mm-hmm. say a lot. You know, we talk about them being the window of the soul, yeah, right? Yeah. And they really do give you, uh, your pupils will dilate or they'll mm-hmm. thin out or, I mean, all kinds of different things that our eyes do. Plus we deal with that uh, tactically too. 
Yeah. You know, uh, people don't think about that, but we train for that, right? Like nighttime uh, tactics and whatnot. And what do you do if you get a light shined in your eyes, you know, quickly and it blinds you momentarily? Right. That can be fatal depending on the, on the, the environment and the yeah. circumstances that you're in and whatnot. And how do you get your eyes to quickly reacclimate uh, to the uh, to the lighting conditions? And do you know how you do that? Well, I'm you, you blink rapidly. And yeah. if, so if you get if you get blinded by light, you blink rapidly and it stimulates the the rods or the cones or whatever in your eye, but it it it, it it's like an equilibrium. It equalizes your eyes back out quickly to the lighting uh, that's available. Um, and so the the point being is you can work through it. Right. If you know and you plan for it and you train in it, just like everything else. Right. You know, and, and here again, it's the significance of light, you know, combined with, with the eyes. So, yeah. And your Little eyes. tip for pokes. That's great. Yeah. And your eyes are your eyes are used to introduce light into your body. That's why you can't see at night. That's right. Because there's not enough light to reflect off of an object to bring it back to your Correct. eyesight. Another cool thing about your eyes that I find very powerful is that you actually see the world upside down. You actually see objects upside down. Really? Like when I'm looking at, at the cup mm -hmm. that you have right there, mm -hmm. physically my eye sees that cup and the reflection or light bend and that image comes into my eye upside down. Mm. My brain then takes that image and turns it right side up really? from the light refraction. Wow. So you you and I are born into this world seeing this world upside down. Upside down. <laughs> the amount of light introduced from that object, mm -hmm. the power of the brain that God gave you, his, his nature inside your head enables you to take that and turn that right side up. Hmm. So that when you reach for it, you reach for the part that you see right side up. Wow. But That's your eye actually receives it upside inverted. down. Hmm. Isn't that wild? That is wild. So think about think about people driving. Yeah, think now. about all the things moving yeah, all the time. That they're, yeah. see, that they're, they're bringing in upside down with their brain. How powerful your brain that is. is. That's amazing. Wow. That's wild. And so uh, <clears throat> it's kind of like a compass, right? And kind of dials mm -hmm. it back up to the true north there and, and flips it back up the correct way for you. Yeah. That's pretty remarkable. So in our life and in our jobs and in every situation that we're dealing with, mm -hmm. we we can have this, the tendency to see things upside down. No doubt about that. I really do believe that this is how people wind up in Great Depression and in great trouble in their life and their spirit is they are concentrating on what they're seeing, but they have not the understanding at the moment of turning that thing right side up. So when the, when the images that they see of themselves, the images they see of their circumstances, the images they bring into their mind of all the things that are going wrong, mm -hmm. they do not reinvert them to being what is true. 
So they just stay focused in there on that thing that's upside down, right? That's right. And actually, in a way, prevent it from getting turned right side up. Prevent it. That's right. Well, that is true. Yeah. I mean, and that happens a lot, right? And I always think, you know, the other thing that we t- tell people, right, is to remind them that even in times of trauma, it's a great example of when that can occur, that kind of like blinking your eyes <clears throat> to realign them is the way to to help work through that trauma is to work and come alongside that officer, that spouse, right. that person, and help <clears throat> them see the bigger picture, right? And not just focus in on that. It's kind of like a tunnel vision for law enforcement, yeah. right? So, you know, again, in a traumatic, critical incident, your body will naturally hone in on the biggest threat that it perceives, whether that be the end of a gun pointed at you or a knife that somebody has, or it could be an injured colleague, right? Right. That's uh, been injured and laying on the ground. And you may get so focused and dialed in on that, that you fail to see the bigger picture of everything else that's going on around you. And so, um, that's the, you know, that's a key factor that helps not only preserve your life in the moment, but then how do you mentally, right? Emotionally, spiritually see that bigger picture as you work through that, that incident. I, I remember in uh, shooting scenarios uh, that th- they would have you so concentrated on the guy getting out of the car. That's right. That you forgot about your flank. You forgot about the side or the back of you. And you would get so honed in on the person in front of you yelling commands and dealing with them that all of a sudden you get tagged in yeah. the side of your head yeah. from the right hand or the left hand side or from your back and you turn around and you get nailed from the guy coming out of a building. When you think about it here <clears> again, <throat> the, the way that we train, right? And so we, we try to train and teach to break the tunnel vision. How do you break the tunnel vision, right? Right. A, a lot of times you have to build in the muscle memory to physically make yourself start turning your head and breaking out yeah. of that tunnel. Right, you can do the same yeah. same thing with rapid eye movement, um, combined with turning your head and breaking that tunnel vision and starting to come come back out, see the picture get enlarged, mm-hmm. and see more of the details and the things surrounding you. Um, yeah, when we used to when we used to fight, especially in martial arts mm-hmm. or karate, you were taught not to look directly at your opponent. Mm-hmm. You almost get a glaze because your peripheral vision is right. actually stronger than you can get punched in the face very quickly. Even if somebody says, I'm about to punch you right in the nose. Right. 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 Because your hand doesn't see straight on. Mm-hmm. A lot, you can block a, a, a looping punch or, you know, a hook or something like that. But that straightforward that's right. punch, that's. That's the one that gets you mm-hmm. because you your eye can't pick it up. Well, it's blending into the background for one. Right. And again, here's the value of looking along the edges, the margins. Right. Right. It's where you'll see you'll see greater any change. Right. right. It might be. I think what you're saying is <coughs> minor compared to what it is straight on. Right. But if you're looking to the side, you're going to pick up on that more minute change quicker that's first, right. right your natural reaction if you're looking if, if you are focused but not at your target but mm-hmm. you're focused this direction your 
natural reaction will work off of your peripheral much quicker than straight on, hmm. straight to the front. Key, key point right there. Yeah. So you have to keep not just what's in front. Again, tunnel vision. You have to keep not and – and you can still see, like right now, I can literally see everything – that you would do right. right now at this moment, right. even though I can't distinguish your, you know, I right. can see your eyes, I can see your hand, I can see every part of you. But you're gonna pick up on that movement. But that my change. eyes gonna kill. Oh mm-hmm. yeah, very very quick. Kind of goes back to that verse, right? Yeah. The Lord is looking to and fro. <clears throat> that's right. He's he's broken. He's, he's got his head on the swivel. There you go. That's right. Yeah, that's yeah. pretty cool. So, so then what really hurts us, what really gets to us, is not the things we see. It's it's this phrase, and a very dear friend of ours said this the other day, uh, and and I, it was really awesome because I had written this down, mm-hmm. and I was like, yep, that confirms that. He says, you know what gets us in trouble a lot of times is the phrase, I didn't see that coming. That's right. I didn't see that coming. That is right. I never saw that coming. You know, sometimes, sadly, when we have people who lose their life to suicide mm-hmm. or things of that nature, we'll say, gosh, man, I just didn't see that. Or a horrible accident, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Nobody saw that coming. We, we didn't know that was going to happen. Now, there are some things that you can see far enough ahead and plan for and you're prepared for. And, you know, you, you'll say, well, we all saw that coming, right? Mm-hmm. That's Guy's been going over the mountain for a while. We or the gal, we saw that coming. But I think, really, a lot of times the most painful ones, especially in an officer's life, is when they say, "Man, I, I didn't see that coming. I didn't have a clue. Yeah. Why didn't they? Why didn't they talk to me? Why didn't they? I love that they know we were close. We were. That's the horribleness of suicide. Yeah. Or just an untimely death." right mm-hmm. heart attack or uh, people forget officers lose their life over natural yeah. medical situations too right mm-hmm. it's not always d- just fighting the bad guys uh car wrecks right um now we got covid right uh just all manner of things this is a dangerous planet right forget i mean don't forget evil but on top of evil, mm-hmm. this is a stinking dangerous planet. Mm-hmm. I was reading a story the other day where a lady had gone into the woods on a walk, just on a walk in the woods, and a tree limb fell off and killed her. Yeah, Fell and hit her in the head. She didn't survive it. Mm-hmm. That's a dangerous planet. That's right. I don't, I don't know if there was a squirrel up there jumping up, but it's probably <laughs> not good, but. It's sad. It's heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. So then you take all of that into, I didn't see that coming. Which for officers, right? That's what we're trained to do is to see it coming. And what, what's the favorite it. phrase? Always watch the hands. Show me your hands. Show yeah. me your hands. Yeah. Always watch the hands. Right? Same That's thing. Right. It's going to telegraph any kind of change or movement or attack ambush all those kinds of things uh but to do that you got to be clear-eyed right you've got to have uh um, practiced the 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 uh, observation right 
and that so observation right we're yeah. paid trained observers right that's right and really trained to observe the abnormal in the midst of what is seemingly normal does that make sense yep so kind of the same thing we're trained to look to and fro and to quickly <clears throat> key in on those things which are abnormal or can be dangerous um in, in any situation and then hopefully prevent it right through That's de-escalation right. or tactics <clears throat> um direct orders so you mean that officers and people of the law are looking to and fro like god does that's right wow that's right how about that yeah. and their eyes are looking at those who are doing good and also at those who are doing bad that's right and and having to judge between the two yeah wow think about like a traffic cop isn't that kind of like what traffic god patterns. does well yeah it's kind of relevant to the Lord, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It is. It might be because he called you to do this job. Mm, mm-hmm. And so within that, he puts in your heart and then others train you to be like him in these ways. Well, I ain't nothing like the Lord. Well, yes, you are, Copper. You're exactly mm-hmm. in those aspects like the Lord. So he he's training you physically. Mm-hmm. He's training you mentally. And he wants to train you and have you walk with him spiritually. Right. So that by your spirit, it enhances all of the other trainings that you've received that are like him. You know, it's interesting is for that uh, verse is it doesn't say in there anywhere about him. <clears throat> you know, like some people say, well, if he's watching, why do you allow that to happen? Something bad, right? Yeah. It actually says he'll use... He'll use all of it. Yeah. Right? What's the second part of the verse? He says, uh, on behalf of those whose he will show himself strong in the behalf of them whose heart is perfect toward him. Right. Yeah. Right. So he is watching and he is making sure that he is working with those whose hearts are turned towards him. So in that, even when you're in the middle of a bad situation or a great challenge either through work the job your life right right um if you stay focused on him it doesn't mean the bad things aren't going to happen doesn't no, mean it's that, a wicked planet that's right it doesn't mean that challenges aren't going to come your <clears throat> way but he can use those things to show himself strong that's right right i always say it this way everybody wants to see a miracle they just don't want to be the one that needs one that's it that's right. That's a great point. But the only way that you ever receive, see, hear about, or have testimony of miracles is if you need one. Mm-hmm. You know, I had I had cancer twice. I'm a two-time cancer survivor. The second time was a tumor in my pelvis about the size of a softball mm. down the hole where your sciatic nerve goes on the right side of my body. Mm. So for a year... I was tormented with unbelievable pain. Yeah. Now I thought I was tough. I thought I was handling it pretty good until uh, I got that pain off of me. And then everybody that worked with me was like, man, you're like a totally different person. Now. I'm like, what are you talking about? Yeah. They're like, oh, dude. But I would have to sit with my leg up. 
at my office on my desk for 45 minutes to an hour to get relief enough to drive home. Mm. And um, every day. Mm-hmm. So when they when they went in, the Wednesday night before I was to have surgery, the x-ray showed the mass that we're going to have to go in, remove this. Um, the, the negative outcome here is that uh, it looks like it's in the bone, mm. which means we'll have to take the bone. And in taking the bone, we'll have to take out part of your pelvis, which that's where it was at, was in my pelvis. Mm. Had the major discussions. If you do that, do you have like, you know, I'm thinking like hip replacement. Mm-hmm. You know, they mm-hmm. were just been coming, that's started coming wondering. on yeah. strong at that time in the early 90s. And he's like, no, sadly, we don't have any replacement for your pelvis. It's, mm-hmm. you know, there's many dynamics to your pelvis, and we, we can't do a pelvic replacement. I said, well, then what does that leave me with? He said, well, son, that leaves you without the use of your right leg, and that side will droop, and you'll be in wow. a wheelchair. You know, you'll have to be in a wheelchair to be able to hold everything in some kind of normal capacity. Well, for a, you know, I was like close to my 30s at that point and uh, drummer and all these things and karate and all. That was not what I wanted to hear. Mm-hmm. I'd just come through lung surgery of lung cancer in 1987. Mm. So this is in 93, I think. I'm not, I just got married in 88. I'm young. I'm I'm, I have no desire for losing sure. half my pelvis. Well, the Wednesday night before surgery, I'm in church. I'm sitting like second row back, and the Holy Spirit speaks to me in my heart and says, if you go forward and have prayer for healing, I will heal you just like that. And I could not wait for the pastor who was preaching to please get done because I'm going to be the first person in front of that altar. Yeah, running down there. Oh, yeah. And so he finished up. His name is Steve Willis. He finished uh, preaching, and I'm, I'm down there. And I said, I, I, the Lord said, if you will pray for me, I'm going to be healed. And he did. Hmm. And I went in for surgery at the uh, University Hospital of uh, Cleveland. Uh, Dr. Makeley was the doc, the surgeon's name. And when they got in there, they couldn't find it. It was gone. They even x-rayed me open on the surgical table because they were concerned they had operated on the wrong side. Mm. Their words, not mine. Mm-hmm. Couldn't find it. And they found a... He said, it looked like something had burnt out Hmm. in that part of my pelvis, like like you had touched it with a torch or Mm -hmm. burnt just a little shade of burnt, like it burned, the bone had been burnt a little. But he said, it's gone. We don't know what happened. I remember him patting my leg in the recovery room or, or in my room once I got out of recovery, and he said, young man, if I believed in miracles, I'd say you had one. Hmm. I said, well, well, Doc, if I saw a miracle, I think I'd believe it. Believe in it. He just smiled, laughed, and patted my leg and went out of the room. Yeah. That's a miracle story. 
But nobody wants to go through now, that. Now, what you <laughs> don't know about that is that, that my sciatic nerve was so inflamed and out of control. To this day, it brings tears to my eyes because I remember clawing mm-hmm. the walls. I, I don't mean in, the, in, in a metaphor. Mm-hmm. I mean, brother, my wife will tell you I was literally clawing the walls, begging for mm-hmm. somebody to do something to get me out of that pain. And that's the kind of pain people can find themselves in, in their spirit and in their heart too. Yeah, that is true. And they, at that time, they were doing an experimental procedure. <laughs> and and you can find yourself in a place of pain where you don't care what they do. Mm-hmm. Just get it out, get it out. Like when I had lung cancer, I, was, I don't mm-hmm. care what you just get it out. And they did a what they called a cuddle block of some kind. They shot a nerve block, mm-hmm. and it blocked that nerve off enough to get that calmed down in my uh, in my leg finally. And man, to get that pain off of me, yeah, because it's just constant, right? Yeah. So, so I was. You can talk. You can see a miracle every time you watch me walk. You know why I kick my leg when I preach? <laughs> now you laugh about that all the time. Yeah. Say so you kicked your leg. You know why? Because I can. That's right. I kicked my leg because I should be in a wheelchair. Uh huh. I should have been without the use of my right leg, and I should have been uh, handicapped. I don't know what. Right. Physically challenged, I guess, is the political way. Without of a doubt, that. limited. Greatly mobility, limited. yeah. Greatly limited, but instead, uh, Jesus touched my body and healed me. I am a miracle. Hmm. I am a walking miracle that hmm. you can see, touch, feel. You can still feel the scar that's from the end of my tailbone halfway up my spine where they sliced me open. Mm-hmm. You can still see all the parts uh, that they uh, that they operate on. Sorry, get a little weepy. I must be the the light. <laughs> that's a miracle. Mm-hmm. And somebody today that's watching this program, yeah. that's watching us, somebody today is in the worst pain they've ever been in in their life. Somebody today, right now, while you and I are talking about these scriptures yeah. and about the presence of God and how he loves cops and how he designed their nature mm-hmm. to be like him, somebody today is in the worst pain they've ever been in. And they need a miracle. And they can't see the bigger picture. No. Right? They can't. They get Something blindsided vision. That's them. right. Something hit them so hard, whether it was coming home to divorce papers, whether it was uh, getting hit by a vehicle from the side, whether it was somebody really did physically hit them or punch them, whether it was some issue they're dealing with from uh, from uh, top command or some departmental mess. Yeah, even now administratively. They gotta try, yeah, yeah, right. That they got to try to chart through. Somebody somebody said they did something they didn't do. Somebody assaulted their character. Something got them into a mess. And somebody something hit them they didn't see. Mm-hmm. Didn't see it coming. And I'm here to say, to tell you today, that God has miracle power, and he will bless you, strengthen you, and get you through this 
if you will not only learn the tactics and the techniques that is a part of his character, Mm. but also the character that's inside that he is looking for you and to and fro to show himself strong that's right on your behalf that's powerful if you'll trust him if you'll just open as efficient says the eyes of your understanding mm. can be enlightened right remember we talked about light shooting into your eye mm-hmm. and turning right side up what you're literally seeing upside down right the lord can help you today if you'll trust him Right. 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 And help you see this situation differently than you're seeing it right now. And really, you know, some somebody watching this would say, oh, well, that's great. But how do I do that? It's really no different than calling for help on your radio. Hey, you're right? putting in a 911 call to heaven. That is right. <laughs> that's right. And all you got to do is say help. And the dispatchers never go to the bathroom in heaven. <laughs> they never need a coffee break. That's right. They are. They, listen. 24-7, and they don't put you on hold ever. They are ready to take your call and, and to I hear think that's what the key you need. For somebody that's watching this right now, especially in an officer, it could be an officer sitting in a parking lot watching this on their laptop right now, thinking that they have no way out. That's right. right. That's right. Thinking that there is an end to this tunnel, yeah. and they can't see the bigger picture. They can't break that tunnel vision. My hope is that this message breaks through to them. And to turn your head, right? Come on, man. There Break is hope. Break the tunnel vision. Yeah. Blink your eyes. There right? you go. Uh, work through the situation to that extent, and all you have to do is say, help me. And he will come running. He will. And it, and it might be bad. What you're dealing with to you at the moment may be the worst thing you've ever experienced in your life. That's right. You may think there is no possible way to overcome it. I'm here to tell you. Rick's here to tell you, you can. Yeah. You can absolutely get through this. It's not the worst thing. It's It doesn't have the right to take you out if you'll just hear our voice, hear the voice of God. That's right. And start looking and opening your eyes. And just like you said, start looking around. He's there. That's right. And, you know, and you call for backup, just like you would anything That's else right. in your work. Right. The worst yeah. thing that we have happen is the officers that try to John Wayne it and go handle it by themselves. It's the same thing with the challenge you're That's going right. through in your personal life, your professional life, outside the job, is you can't John Wayne it. You can call for backup yeah. and don't handle it by yourself. You know, one of the key principles that we teach in law enforcement is this concept of contact yeah. cover. Yeah. Right? You can't do both at the same time. See, people lose sight of that. And you have to designate. You need at least one person who's the contact person, right? That may be the officer that's in the middle of the situation. Right. But you need that cover officer who's watching their back, who's seeing the bigger picture. While they're focusing on the task at hand, that officer's seeing that bigger picture. That's right. And can call out or intervene if they see that change in motion, right? Right. They're seeing the periphery that maybe the officer's not seeing. It's no different. For our officers that are in these situations that find themselves stuck, right? Right. Or find themselves in the middle of an absolute chaotic situation. Yeah, a mess. All you have to do is call for backup. That's right. Who's your cover officer? And it's not always going to be another officer. It can't always be your spouse. It can't always be a family member. It cannot. And see, that's the thing that I think is key for people <clears throat> to understand. Because I hear that from officers. When they get, st- when they get stuck... 
They feel like they are the only one and they got no one they can turn to. And you know what? Sometimes physically, they don't. The great secret, the great reveal is there is somebody that you can call out That's to. That's right. That's right. And he'll come running every time. We have more to say about this. Mm. We're going to do the next one. We're going to cover more on this. Yeah, we need I to. Because I think this is really, really uh, very powerful. You guys send us uh, send us something, text us something, say something in the in the caption of the podcast. Let us know what you think. We're going to come back to this because I think this is a very powerful I think this will bring some understanding to some officers who'll go, gosh, I never thought about it like that. That is right. And that it's a... I never saw it like that. There you that. go. Yeah. And it's applicable. Yes, it is very applicable. It's not something, it's not some dry, dusty book here. It, 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 it's the real deal. It's the real deal. Yeah. And uh, and it's, it's, it's the ultimate help book, right? And it's That's not right. self-help. It is help from the one who who can bring it, and so yeah, I I, I just I, I just know with every fiber in my being that this hits home for many different people, and I hope it speaks into their life right now, um, and that uh, they call out, you know, and and not only call out uh, to the Creator Himself. But call for that backup officer too. There you go. You know, don't be afraid to reach out to your fellow officers for backup, um, and uh, and watch what can transpire, what can actually happen. There you go. Yeah. Hey, I'm gonna pray. Yeah. And then we're gonna we'll close it out. Father, thank you for this great insight today. I thank you for Rick. I thank you for our hearts for all of our law enforcement brothers and sisters and all of our first responders, we pray that you bless them, all of our veterans and military men and women. We ask you, Lord, that you would help them now to open up their eyes wide so that their hearts can be penetrated by your light. Hmm. We bless them today. Help them to know there is hope and there is an answer of light for their situation. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, man, all of you watching us, we love you. We're so glad that you're uh, that you're a part of this with us, and we're so thankful to get to do this. I love you, my friend. I it's love you, too. Thank you for uh, sitting here and walking along <laughs> it's awesome. with me in this. This is good I stuff. I love it. I love it. This is my life. I love it. It's yeah. a great joy, great pleasure. Until next time, God bless you. We'll see you soon.